Welcome to an inquiry into freedom with your host Ron Harlow and myself, Alan Paul. Um, so we were going to talk about gold and crypto, but I wanted to uh, to bring up something. I wanted to ask you a question, and the question was: um, I'm sure you heard about the mass shooting in Colorado Springs, where we're both oh yeah yeah however um not to get into that specific incident but did you happen to hear about an suv that plowed into um a um Twenty-two police recruits, and uh, while they were training, I did. You did. Yeah. Where'd you hear about it? Uh, was it on main? Was it on mass media? Well, it could have been, but I don't watch mass media, so I don't know. I don't. Think yeah, it I don't. Was need, on I, I think I, it must have been on. Actually. I think I I may have pulled that off of a website, or I might have seen it on uh, Fox News. Okay, well, so the mass media is reporting it. I, I wasn't sure about that because I don't watch that nonsense. Um, I get a lot of news reports uh, through various agencies that um, send me alerts to my phone. Uh, but it's, I just wondered if it was being reported in the mass media considering it wasn't, con, uh, you know, conducted by a, a white male <laughs> wasn't carried out. Oh yeah. Honestly, I don't even know about that. And I, I don't remember, I wouldn't swear that it was even Fox that I saw, it, uh, but it, I think I may have. I think I was probably flipped over to Fox News and, and caught that. Um, otherwise, it would have probably been off of, uh, like you, some web thing that I was looking at. I don't know. But I have no idea what anything about the driver. Uh, so it wasn't a white dude, huh? No, it was a guy by the name of, name of um, Nicholas Gutierrez. Oh, well, isn't booked on, that booked on suspicion of attempted murder. Okay. So, so the, um, this is from NBC Los Angeles, but the, the source that I got the information from, uh, basically says that, um, his bail was set at $2 million, according to the sheriff's department. 25 sheriff's recruits were injured in the crash. The sheriff told the Times on Thursday morning that he initially described the crash as a horrible accident. That statement was based on preliminary information and that further investigation led to the pro probable cause to arrest Gutierrez. Gutierrez's family could not be reached for comment. Um... So I just I was just curious because it seems that uh, a lot of 
newsworthy stories such as this, if it's not carried out by a white man, gets very little coverage. Um, yeah, if something doesn't fit the, whatever the media narrative is, then they do ignore it. I don't know about this Gutierrez. Something seemed odd after it first happened because it seemed like it was really odd that he was already released. But then I also got follow-up that the reason he had been released was because the sheriff wanted to make sure that they had the guy nailed so that the prosecutor could not weasel out of prosecuting the guy. Well, and that isn't that a shame? First well, of all, first yeah, of all, you're but, you're innocent until proven guilty. So, I'm not sure that I had a pro have a problem with that. Well, and then after the I, investigation, I, well, I do if it if it was done the way it was because the prosecutor has been doing such a lousy job. Right. I mean, I I agree with where you're coming from because we both usually come from the same place of, mm -hmm. you know. Before we charge somebody, let's make sure that we think it's accurate. Right. But, um, so I know we both come from there, but the, uh, I did not realize that this was in, within that LA prosecutor's domain, and that guy has been trying to single handedly destroy LA if, as if it was possible to make it even worse than it already was. But, uh, I guess he's been doing such a bad job that the sheriff decided uh, I'd rather have him take the heat. I'd rather take the heat for having this guy released a little early if we don't have everything we need because I don't want to give the prosecutor uh, any reason to be able to let this guy walk. So he waited the extra day or two until he had what he need, thought he needed. And then he... Um, proceeded to uh, get the guy charged. So I do think that that delay for that reason, because it was the prosecutor not trying to make sure they had a good case, because they already had a good case, but they needed to make sure it was weasel-proof before they took it to the prosecutor. And that's a shame. And, 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 and That is a shame, yeah. Yeah, and I think that uh, this requires a little bit more conversation and that we still have we've talked many times about the police and and uh qualified immunity and and whether they should have it or not and good cops and bad cops but there are some sheriffs around the country um that are refusing to enforce these uh state gun laws that they're that they're passing and and some of these police are standing up saying we're not we're not doing it we're not doing this nonsense and it's shameful that this particular sheriff has to go through all of those steps to make sure somebody else is doing their job according to the law um and and what their their title and position requires of them And uh, it's a shame that, that, you know, good policemen and officers and sheriffs and, you know, city chiefs, uh, chiefs of police have to go through the, the red tape, so to speak, uh, 
to make sure that these prosecutors and DAs are, are, you know, doing what they're supposed to do, which is prosecute criminals. Yeah. Which we, we, I guess, don't like doing in the United States anymore. And, and I mean, we can see by the level of crime and, and the things that are happening uh, all across the country, I mean, more so as stated as fact in in liberal run areas but uh on the topic of, of so, so what's the deal with the with this Gutierrez guy i mean i mean he... this this article that i got um doesn't go into a whole lot of detail they're still investigating but based on the preliminary investigation so they originally released him they they thought it was an accident they didn't charge him and then they reviewed uh, video footage and investigated and determined that this was not an accident and that it was done on purpose. Mm. Um, and so, therefore, they they arrested him and then uh, his bail was set at two million dollars. Which, in my opinion, if you if you're if you're being charged with twenty two counts of attempted murder, you should not even get bail. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's just my opinion. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a legal expert. I'm not an attorney. I'm not a prosecutor. I'm not any of the above. But if you've if you've attempted to murder 22 people, you're you're a danger to society, and probably shouldn't be out on the streets. We we have seen cases where people have been released and either from prison or on bail and they go out and they commit another crime. They kill someone. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, uh, they, they should not be doing this with, with people that are capable. <laughs> I mean, he, he tried to kill 22 people according to the, you know, we don't know. And I'm not saying he's guilty. He's innocent. Right. Right now at this moment. Well, but, now, he, attempt, second, but he attempted uh, I'm I'm hearing something between the lines, which is that, in your view, you're thinking that maybe if this guy was a 55 year old white Trump voter, maybe he would not have been handled this way. Yeah, uh, without a doubt. And it's oh okay. Yeah, and it's so without, I was a little I was slightly uncertain. So yeah, so I, so yeah. we have the so we have a couple issues to deal with when it comes to that. First of all, um, you know these these incidents aren't being reported by the mass media and if they are they get very little attention and then they're forgotten about and then if it but but if it were the reverse and like you said a 55 year old white male um we'd never hear the end of it now it doesn't fit into the gun control um that this administration wants to you know to pass and 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 take people's guns away uh but it does it does lead us into um so we I'd mentioned we've talked about qualified immunity and sovereign immunity. There are several episodes that we've talked about that in and those will be released over time, but we've never discussed judicial immunity. Which is another problem. 
And and so judicial immunity applies to these district attorneys and these prosecutors and these judges that aren't holding people accountable. Um, and, and in case anybody out there doesn't know what I'm speaking about, um, so judicial immunity is basically the same type of immunity that... Um, so judicial immunity is a form of sovereign immunity, which protects judges and others employed by the judiciary from liability resulting from their judicial actions. Or if you wanted to put in there their lack of judicial actions. Though judges have immunity from lawsuit, in constitutional democracies, judicial misconduct or bad personal behavior is not completely protected. Let's be on, let's be honest here. How many how many federal judges the FISA court? I mean, the the, the judges in the uh, that that uh, that signed off on the FISA warrants for the Trump campaign. They have immunity. So you can't sue them. Trump can't sue them. If a judge, you know, does something uh, under the protection of precedent and it's a horrible decision and you happen to be the victim, you can't turn around and sue them. Uh, and you and I have discussed. Well, every everybody who's ever been prosecuted would sue the judge or or the prosecutor or whatever. Um, you can sue a prosecutor for for malicious prosecution and some other things. But but the immunity um, protects them from me uh, you getting any kind of monetary compensation or them going to prison. And, in some cases, and I think that all of that needs a hard look. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Yeah, because right now it's just dismissed it as is a matter of course, and and it's like, no, wait a second here, that's not constitutional. We're, we've been deprived of due process when that happens. Uh, in my view, there ought to be a some some level of review where whatever your complaint is uh, gets a hearing before anything like that can happen because you you're entitled to due process as far as I'm concerned and and even if the ruling is that oh well uh, immunity applies here because they like we've talked about with police officers having this blanket immunity that no one can even question that's not something anticipated in the Constitution. That is extra constitutional, and that is not something that uh, ought to exist as it does. So I think well, I think everyone has a good, legitimate gripe about that. I don't know that I have a good solution for it offhand, but I do think a, a good, healthy uh, debate ought to be going on because. Uh, you know, I, I just think it's crazy that, that someone, you know, we have this, this situation where we're not um, prosecuting laws in an equitable manner. And, you know, you, you might have someone like a, a 
a Trump rioter or whatever who's in uh, solitary confinement and deprived of a, an attorney and medical care for two years. Uh, and yet someone else who uh, blows up a, a cop car uh, is released on their own recognizance and then ultimately gets whatever, a year and a half, um, mostly suspended sentence. Um, you know, if you've got that much disparity going on, then there's something wrong with the system. And if there's no way that a citizen can uh, appeal, then it's just it's just so dysfunctional that that we can't even get it to operate properly. So someone needs to be held responsible, mm -hmm. and without the ability to sue them. Um, I don't know where we, we go with all of that because, you know, if they release someone like, let's say, uh, someone gets drunk and they've got an escort in the car and the escort's allowed to walk away from the accident, but Paul Pelosi, you know, they don't even charge him. Oh, did I, oh, I, did I let the cat out of the bag about him driving, <laughs> driving while he was impaired and had an escort in the car? Oops, sorry. So at any rate, you know, he's not even prosecuted. Well, let's say he's uh, he gets drunk and uh, hurts someone again the next night and kills him. Mm -hmm. Well, shouldn't someone, shouldn't whoever let him walk be responsible? I mean, unless it was their job, it's carved in stone that thou shalt not, you know, hold someone for charges or whatever. You know, if someone's doing their job, I don't have, I think that you should be able to sue the entity they work for, if not them. You're right. But if, but if someone's not following their job description, then uh, either or the entity or the person should be susceptible to lawsuit as far as I'm concerned. And the fact that we can't is, is something that's been done by the courts that the constitution never provided that. Yeah. And, and what bothers me with, with sovereign immunity, qualified immunity, judicial immunity is that people don't understand this to the point where, or, or know of it at all right. to the point where it, um these these people who are corrupt or or make bad decisions or fail to prosecute um they have they have extra rights that we don't have that that you had mentioned is on un unconstitutional mm -hmm. um i had sent you a message about uh mbs uh, given immunity by Joe Biden. Oh, yeah. Over the, so over the murder of the the uh, Washington, was it the Wall Street Journal? Well, he was a political activist. Well, he Saudi yeah, they claimed he was a reporter for for Wall Street Journal or Washington Compost, which which. Oh, okay. So so he was, uh, MBS was given sovereign immunity. And Joe Biden said we can't do anything to him because of that sovereign immunity. But, but what's funny about this story is 
is that just a couple of weeks ago, before this decision was made, he was given the label of um, the, uh, I don't want to say the president of Saudi Arabia, but more or less, that's, that's what he was given the title. So that made him fall under the category of receiving sovereign immunity and, and therefore can't be prosecuted or held accountable, even though he admitted to it, right? So, so that, that's the same thing that our politicians have in our country. So he admitted to doing something to this Khashoggi bear gun? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they, told, they said that he was murdered and cut into pieces. Really? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. I, I didn't, I didn't know that he had admitted to that. Oh, oh yeah, they, they, they came right out and said, "Yeah, we killed him and cut him into pieces, and he's gone." Oh, okay. So, Joe Biden campaigned on this issue and said that I will make sure that we hold the Saudi prince accountable for the murder of Khashoggi. And then he turns around. He, they drug their feet on this on purpose. Everybody needs to realize that. So they drug their feet all this time. Joe Biden's been president for almost two years. And just recently, like I said, uh, the, the Saudi prince was given a title. And I'm going to have to look it up. Um... Well, uh, well, he was already the. Uh, well, now I just drew a blank. He was I mean, already all, the prince, and he was already prime yeah, he, minister. All he was was a crown prince. He he didn't have any, uh, like political title. Okay. Um. So the. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, oh, here it is. Uh, Saudi prince's new title key to dodging lawsuit over killing. Six weeks ago, um, Saudi Arabia's aged King Solomon named his son Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman as prime minister. So he is now the prime minister of Saudi Arabia, which he didn't have that title before. So six weeks ago, he was named prime minister. Mm -hmm. This past, just the other day, when I messaged you, Joe Biden said he, he falls under sovereign immunity. Uh, just, just shortly after he's named um, prime minister, announces, well, he's... He's got sovereign immunity, so therefore we can't do anything to him. Yeah. Isn't that... People understand how this game is played. And that the Saudi prince has the same sovereign immunity that our politicians have. Local, state, and federal. Sovereign immunity is given to local and state people. Secretaries of State, uh, school board members, city councilmen and women, they all have this immunity. 
That, that's, why they, that's why they're so arrogant. That, that's why they look down upon the citizen and say, how dare you challenge my authority? Yeah. Because they know there, nothing can happen to them. They can be voted out of office. But you can't sue them. You, I mean, you, you can't do any of that kind of stuff. If, if the judge in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial was to start off that trial by saying, you're a murdering racist thug. Uh, they're protected from defamation lawsuits. <laughs> he can say whatever he wants, or she can say whatever they want. But but haven't we been told multiple times that words matter and you know certain language incites violence and and it's hatred and. Uh, you know, you have to be concerned about somebody's feelings being hurt. So all of it's hypocritical. Well, yeah, it just depends on uh, who you want to back up, you know, because the average citizen doesn't get the same protections as these uh, elitists who have different positions in society, you know, and yet we all have the same constitution. I, I have yet to see any constitutional separation in uh, how government officials are supposed to be treated differently somehow than everyone else, and yet they are. And uh, we haven't granted them that. They've just taken it, and no one's done anything about it. Right. So, so judges actually have... <laughs> this is funny. Judges and judicial officers have always been awarded absolute immunity for their judicial acts. Absolute immunity covers even conduct which is corrupt, malicious, or intended to do injury. That, that's insane to me. Now, I, I can't sit here and honestly say that all judges fall under that category, just like I can't say that all police officers fall under the category of being a bad police officer. But we have witnessed in the past several years judges making horrible decisions and rulings, even, even as far up as the Supreme Court of the United States. And this, this to me is one of those things that can't go um, untouched or not talked about when it comes to petitioning our government and grievances because they have given, they have been given more power than the Constitution allows. Or, or even mentions, for that matter. Um, and when you're talking about 
when we have these conversations about uh, the Constitution, you have always said that the, you know, you know what's not, you know what's absolute. The Constitution is absolute. A judge's immunity is not. A politician's sovereign immunity is not. None of those are absolute because none of those are in the Constitution. Yeah. So for them to even use that terminology to me is is frustrating and angry. Uh, because the only the only two things that are absolute are the Constitution and the people it represents, which is the citizen. Yeah. That's, yeah, I agree. And and. and when 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 we talk about these things on this podcast, um, it's serious to me, and I know it is to you. And I think that there are a lot of citizens this, citizens in the country that need to get serious about our freedoms and the Constitution and how it's being basically torn up, just like you know President Tr- President Trump's State of the Union address. They don't care. Did you notice, by the way, the National Archives never sought out her copy that was she destroyed even though it was illegal? Did you notice there hasn't been any arrests or anything? Well, is it because she's she has immunity? Uh, I have no idea why. I, you know something? I've never even heard anyone ask the question. I, ne- I, I didn't know that that was illegal. And... And yeah, that's that's destruction of a public document. Isn't that isn't that something? Yeah. And see, you know, I sit here and say a lot of people don't know these things. There are a lot of things that I don't know, and that's why we have this show, um, so that we can we can talk through these things and 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 learn together. Um, I was not aware that that was. You know, thank God she's done. Thank God she's done. Well, yeah, it's just what you're going to get in replacement of her is probably going to be much worse because, you know, whether any of us like it or not, Nancy Pelosi is a moderate compared to most of the Democrat Party now. Mm -hmm. And... uh, so we're we're more likely to get uh, an even bigger lunatic than her. Plus, their mental function or mental capacity is probably going to be much better. Well, the how could it be, how could it be any worse? You know. Let but, me let me say this name real quick, and and then you can tell us how much worse it'll get. So the person. Uh, that has been talked about and that has self-proclaimed himself the next Speaker of the House is none other than Hakeem Jeffries. Yeah, I've heard that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would agree with you. So I look at it this way. Um. After a, a while of President Barack insane Obama, I knew that we could survive that. 
I just didn't, I, you know, I didn't have any fear that, oh my gosh, it's the end. Of, I knew that there was a danger uh, based on his policies and his fundamental transformation of the country. But I, I, I was like, okay, I, I think we can survive this. Nancy Pelosi was survivable. There are people in the wings that are waiting that we may not be able to survive. So I understand where you're coming from. That's just my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, I think that it was vital that we win back either the Senate or the House in this last midterm, or else I didn't think we could survive four years of uh, the clown-in-chief that we have currently. Um, and if he were reelected, which I highly doubt, I, I don't know that this country could survive eight years of him. So he, he's, he, I think he poses far more of a danger than Nancy Pelosi, even, even, uh, Chuck Schumer. To me, those people are kind of irrelevant. They've been irrelevant for quite a while. They just haven't. They've refused to step out of the way. I think you're right, and that the people that are waiting in the wings are far more dangerous. Yeah. I mean, even Adam Schiff, who who I'm pretty sure is is pretty much done politically. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, who's Wanting to be the next speaker of the house has vowed that that he'll get rid of Schiff off of all the committees. Um, Eric Swalwell, he promised, and Il Ilhan Omar, he's promised they'll be kicked off all their committees. They won't be on committees anymore. Yeah, and I don't know if it's happened or not yet, but he was planning to announce. Um, uh, let me see if I have this right, because I could easily screw it up. Uh, my understanding is is that he's planning to announce a full court press to to uh, essentially harass uh, Myarcus out of office, and that they'll uh, if they find. Uh, evidence to cause um, impeachment that they will also uh, prosecute impeachment proceedings against him. Uh, meaning that basically the guy has to go or else we're going to impeach him is, is what I took from that. Yeah. Now, I don't know if it's in the news this afternoon or not, but that was the plan because he is down there in the border now and the only reason he'll end up speaker is if he does follow through with some of this stuff mm -hmm. um and i think it's justifiable I, I mean i don't see how anyone can look at what's going on in our border situation and not be troubled by it um so i think a, a impeachment of my Arcus makes all the sense in the world i don't know why they would even need to have some steps before that but uh, at any rate, that's what's supposed to get announced this afternoon. Um, 
which you know that that makes some sense. Well, and I think if they're going to do my Arcus, they they ought to throw in and just do a twofer and and put Merrick Garland in there as well. I mean, how, how that guy was ever ever considered for the Supreme Court is beyond anything I can fathom. Yeah, but what would you I'm not I'm not arguing with you. I'm just what would be your uh, premise for uh, impeaching Garland? I mean, would it have just to do with something I just said about immigration? Or well, I mean, else? he just he just turned out. I mean, he, here we go again with another special counsel. Yeah, but but are you saying that it's tied to immigration? Or are you saying it's something? oh no 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 it's something, something totally separate? I'm just saying that okay. those those two people. Um, if you're going to start impeachment proceedings on, on anyone other than the clown in chief, which there's no point. I mean, if you want to investigate Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and their foreign dealings, then so be it. But I, I don't think we need to get into revenge politics and I don't think that Joe Biden needs to be impeached. We certainly don't need a Kamala Harris, uh, as president. And and I and I think people are 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 have grown a, very weary of, um, you know the even the the mention of the word impeachment. And so, if you're going to do that, then then stick to the the two people who I, in my opinion, f- think should be top of the list, which is the one you mentioned in my orcas and then the one I believe should be impeached as well for things that he has either done or not done and for being uh, dishonest when testifying under oath in front of Congress, which is Merrick Garland. And yeah, I think that's something they both have in common is they have both lied to Congress. Right. So that's kind of where I was going with what's the commonality because I see them as two separate things unless there's some overlap with uh, Garland that spills into the immigration situation because we do have people in the country. Well, he's the chief prosecutor. Mayor Garland's the chief justice official officer of the the country. So he, he, he also oversees, uh, the uh, situation at the border as well. I mean, he's in charge of that. A- well, am I wrong? Well, I'm. A, that's why I'm asking if you think they're tied together or not. Because yeah, I, I think, I think they can, are. I think ways. you can make a case for Garland, whether it's anything to do with immigration or not. I think impeaching him from office makes sense, separate apart from from immigration, because what else has gone on in the DOJ is far more concerning to me than just immigration. Oh yeah, my but I think you can. Use, I think you can use immigration as the reason to begin proceedings. But I was just trying to get clarity from you on, you know, are you advocating doing something to them together because they're tied together in this, or are you advocating? I mean, why? Why not to do go both? against them for two different things? Why not do both? So, you could well, do both. You could. You have the grounds for both. Yeah, yeah. I'm not disputing that at all. I was just trying to get 
some clarity. Yeah, no, I understand. So you think that they should both be uh, impeached for essentially the same thing, malfeasance in office, for, yeah, uh, with respect to immigration? Well, that and uh, the, they have not... Uh, they have not performed their duties in a manner in which they should. So, I mean, lack of enforcing the law is a dereliction of duty. So, so why, 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 why do you have to be specific as far as impeachment goes and and name off several things. Why not just say, we're going to impeach you for dereliction of duty? I mean, it's that simple. Yeah, well... You don't, have to, you don't have to get into the weeds of everything. You don't have to get specific and say, well, you know, uh, you sick the, the FBI on uh, parents and, and, you know, you're not overseeing the... The border in the way you should, and and you didn't prosecute this, and you're not looking into the Hunter Biden situation, you're not looking into whether Joe Biden was compromised by China and, and the Ukraine, you're not looking into any of that stuff. All that falls under one category: dereliction of duty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's all I need to know. <laughs> I mean, I mean well, you know what I mean? maybe that is all that you should, but. It I guess where I come from with it all is that I'm a firm believer, as you know, and what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And uh, I think, in my own view, someone, you should have a case for some, removing someone from office. Right. And you should have to make that case. And it can't just be because you disagree with them. So... And an awful lot of uh, our policies and procedures in the country are centered around that because, yeah, someone, you might hate them like crazy, and yet, you know, once administrations change over, as they have, uh, inevitably do, you pretty much need to be using the same standards on everyone. So um, do you want to develop a precedent that... Um, you don't think would be fair if it was used yeah, on you. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes 100% sense, and I agree with that. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, I don't believe in the revenge politics. I think we've been living through a long enough period of revenge politics to the point where it's damaged the country and, and more specifically, the citizens. Um. I just kind of happen to be blunt and to the point, whereas that's where you're you're just a little more sophisticated in saying, okay, well, you know, you you want specifics, and I get why. Um, but anybody that pays attention to the action or inaction of either either of these two individuals, uh, could be. Right where I'm at, which is they, they just haven't they haven't conducted themselves in the manner of which they should. They've they've ignored certain issues. They've they've lied about certain issues. It's dereliction of duty. Well, but let's take a look at 
who put them in their jobs because those are both presidential appointees. Right. So would you argue that they're doing something different than what Biden wants? Oh no, this is all they're all they're all given instruction and and uh you know, they take their orders from the commander in chief. Yeah, so in in Biden's opinion, they work for him and they're they're doing what he wants them to do. Right. So he would he would come uh, at this differently and say he's doing these people are doing what I want them to do. You can't impeach them. They're following my policies. Right. Yeah. So that's something else people need to understand is that these people are hurting the country, and yet in our opinion and yet they're also doing exactly what the president wants them to do without there's, a doubt there, yeah there there is no uh, there's no daylight between what biden wants and what they're doing otherwise they they'd be gone but they're doing exactly what biden wants so you know you basically have a a, a legislature that is of the view that the leadership of the legislature has changed now and they don't you know they're they don't represent much more than half the country so now the other half the country gets to say something and the other half is saying yeah we're you know, we don't like this very much mm -hmm. so you know it's how, how do you handle things when your public officials are doing things in a way that are uh, not something that helps the country. So, you know, I think it's up to the legislature to go through uh, impeachment procedures and and make their case. And if they make their case, then vote. And if not, then vote. They didn't make their case when they impeached Trump. I mean, they didn't do, they didn't make their case at all, but they didn't care. And yet now we hear this, oh, well, you can't be investigating Biden because that's revenge politics. Well, excuse me, who the hell, why, how do we have all of this garbage of revenge politics? What I'm tr still trying to understand what the Democrats were getting revenge for. Because they just went after everyone in Trump's orbit using uh, falsified evidence and false charges and then proceeded to, to uh, impeach the guy twice. And yet now all of a sudden it's not proper to prosecute Biden because that's seen as revenge politics. Well, it's like, so, well, now wait a second here, because what are they getting revenge for if they're only prosecuting because these people did the same thing to Trump, then fine, you got a point. But we don't know that that's the case yet. In fact, we know that this stuff against Biden has been out there and been ignored by the FBI 
for several years now. So why is it all of a sudden up to the Republicans to say, oh, no, we are going to hold ourselves to a higher standard. We are not going to prosecute because someone might think it's not proper. No, no, I don't think so. I think if you want to stop the revenge politics, then then the Democrats get to be stopped. Yeah, no, I, so, yeah, so, so I'm clear on, on that. Um, I, I think that, uh, as far as Joe Biden goes or his son, that I don't technically, I don't believe technically that, that Joe Biden should be impeached. Um, I think that the House should do uh, their investigating. I think they should have committees that that uh, that do what they do. And I'm not looking for impeachment. I'm looking for imprisonment. On the opposite side of the spectrum, we've had numerous investigations, numerous allegations, no charges. No evidence, no matter how many investigations they've opened up, and, and numerous threats that Donald Trump was going to be prosecuted and thrown in jail. Regarding the same exact things that M- Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, has ignored, as you have said, that they accused Trump of, that Joe Biden actually did. Yeah. So, as far as the revenge politics goes, the only revenge politics that I see uh, towards Trump was that they wanted revenge because he won an election, not because he did anything wrong. Mm-hmm. That That's the difference for me. Joe Biden, on the other hand, um, we, we've had the discussion of whether he won the election legitimately or not. That's, that, that's not, that's not what I'm talking about, but he has, and they know he has illegally, uh, as vice president of the United States made deals with other countries, foreign countries, along with his son and other people to enrich themselves by using the power of the vice presidency to do that. Mm-hmm. So impeachment for me is minor compared to what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is imprisonment. Yeah, okay. So so impeachment, and, and we, we've talked about this before, Impeachment doesn't necessarily mean that the president of the United States is removed and he's no longer the president. That's not how what happens. I think a lot of people are under the impression that, you know, oh, he's been impeached. He's no longer the president. And that's not always the case. Yeah, in fact, it's never been the case. That's right. That's right. He was impeached and removed from office. That's correct. So, So there's a lot of people running around 
that use that term and they think, oh, you know, if Donald Trump was convicted in the Senate on either one of the impeachments that that, that they, you know, try to convict him of, he would have still been the president of the United States. Yeah. So I don't think impeachment in the case of Joe Biden is important enough. And it's only, a, a, in my opinion, is just a symbol. Uh, okay, you know, Donald Trump has forever attached his name that he's been impeached by the House, but he was never convicted. Bill Clinton uh, forever has attached to his name that he was impeached. Um, I don't think that what Joe Biden and his family has done, that an impeachment is enough. And it's just a symbolic thing. I think it needs to go further than that. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. What I do think, though, is that half the country or more is not educated enough about the subject to understand why you or I might say those things. Because the information has been locked down. You know, it's just been... Uh, it's been kept from the public, and it's been deliberately kept from the public uh, by the very people who are supposed to be trusted with investigating these sorts of things. You know, I, I think it's much, much bigger than an impeachment, and it's much, much bigger than a political dispute. We basically have a, a, a corrupt... Uh, enforcement arm of our justice system. So uh, that to me is far more concerning than any sort of political argument. It's just that I think it's un it's important to understand why people might come to that sort of conclusion. Um, because it's not just a political tit for tat. Um, I mean, that that's just how it's being played and yet there's very little political in in those of us who want to see biden investigated and prosecuted uh it it's based on a pure law enforcement situation and i would have the same opinion of trump had he done something that was illegal and and he could be prosecuted for sure it's just that it's just that he did not. A lot of the stuff in that dossier, I've, I've said for a long time now, that that dossier was actually put together to be used against Biden. It was put together by the Hillary Clinton camp to be used against Joe Biden. And most of the stuff that's in there, the sordid things in there, were all about Hunter Biden. And all they did was they changed decided, the name. That, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they basically just changed the name and added a few things and deleted a few things. And they said, okay, now it's going to be Trump. And uh, that's all they did. And I think that uh, anyone who reads through that stuff objectively, and I have for, for several years now, that's how I know this. Um, 
I think if someone did that objectively, they would reach very much the same conclusions, if not the same conclusions. But there's no way that anyone can come up with uh, a view that Trump should be prosecuted and removed from office or even go to prison over the Steele dossier because that was completely made up. It was not true. It didn't apply to him at all. It applied to Hunter Biden. You know what I've so, never heard? Why is Christopher Steele not in prison? Well, <laughs> he was an FBI asset. But I've never heard anybody mention, other than he wrote a dossier, mm -hmm. that he should be prosecuted or at least tried mm -hmm. in, in a court of law. Yeah. Uh, for making up a story that almost, almost caused a constitutional crisis and, and a whole bunch of really bad things that could have possibly happened in this country based on a novel, a fiction novel. Well, I would argue that it did cause a constitutional crisis because it did result in two impeachment proceedings. It was used as fodder for those. And it was also used to effectively stop a president from doing what he was elected to office to do. So I think it, it which is oddly enough, going to get to a point that I have on this whole subject, which is... You know, Trump was, in legal terms, he was a stop, a stopped from. You know, in real estate, we use what's called an estoppel certificate that says basically anyone that makes a claim forward from now is is a stopped from the ability to do so because of some sort of action, a change in ownership, or whatever. Mm -hmm. So basically, they were stopped from doing the job that, that he was elected to do. And that, to me, is a constitutional... Uh, it's, it's not a crisis. It's something that's already happened. And I think that's a very serious thing. And it's been essentially forgotten about because it was a Republican and then and not a Democrat, but had something uh, been done along a similar lines to keep Obama from ever do being effective in his office, uh, we'd be hearing all about how improper it was and that should people, people should be going to jail and such, wouldn't they? Um, so it's, it's just funny that how selective the outrage can be. But if you use the shoes on the other foot uh, approach, how would it be okay to stop a uh, elected Democrat from doing his job as president over something that was completely made up? And it and the uh, special counsel was was brought in. His uh, national security advisor removed from office right away, and uh, nothing but trouble. Uh, basically, all four years of Trump's uh, administration were uh, hounded in some way and stopped from doing their jobs because of what Steele did for the Hillary Clinton campaign and the Democrat National Committee.
You know, it's funny. You said something <clears throat> that made me think about uh, where you said they just removed, you know, basically replaced Hunter Biden's name with Donald Trump. I could actually see Hunter Biden <laughs> actually being peed on by hookers. Yeah. <laughs> And let's be honest, yeah. they, they claimed it was Russian prostitutes, right? Well, Ukraine, yeah. Ukraine is where Hunter Biden was doing most of his dealings. And, and by right. the way, the Ukrainians are Russians. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that uh, you make a very good, a very good point. Yeah. Uh, you know, Hunter, Hunter was the one that was getting pissed on by Russian prostitutes, not Donald Trump. Yeah, Donald well, Trump is a germaphobe, and most people don't <laughs> exactly. Most people don't understand that about him. Like he refuses to shake anyone's hand. He he, you know, you never see him. Uh, other than Melania, I've never seen him hug anyone. I'm sure he has. I'm not saying that he's you know, but he doesn't shake hands or anything. Like that. The last thing I think Donald Trump is going to allow somebody to do, female or not, is to piss on him. Yeah. Just telling it like and, I we, see. and yet you know, there's photos of Hunter Biden oh, yeah. doing doing almost everything with prostitutes <laughs> except that. Yeah, with prostitutes, mm -hmm. mind you. So yeah, I mean, what I've just said is uh, whether anyone wants to believe me or not, uh, I don't really care what anyone thinks. But um, that is far more believable. It's far more plausible, as we'd say in the intelligence world. It's far more plausible that yeah. Hunter Biden was the subject of all, all of that. So, uh, you know, believe me or not, uh, I'll give anyone the ability to check it out to uh, prove me wrong. Because I'll, I would love to uh, accept a, a wager on that. Um, but yeah, yeah, it started out as uh, as Hillary's uh, method of keeping Joe Biden from running against her, and he opted out on his own. So it was going to get used in the election four years before. And she just kept on, and uh, they did some changes and such, and steel and... Uh, this uh, I can't remember the guy from uh, Russia. Uh, he was just basically let off. Yeah, the guy they found not guilty. Yeah, here recently. Benchenko. Yeah, Benchenko. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but basically, uh, I don't know. How do you? How does the Justice Department bring up charges uh, when they're the ones who were paying? Uh, them and using them as assets. And that's a good question. And, and so <clears throat> what I'm hoping, and, and I'm not going to hold my breath on this, what I'm hoping the, the Republican-led House does differently than they've done in the past and what has been done recently by the Democrats is that they just don't hold a bunch of hearings for for public view and, and that they actually take action against individuals and hold them accountable. 
uh, and and actually go beyond just having a hearing, accusations. Oh well, we found this, but you know we're not going to do anything about it, even though we know it's a crime. I mean, they did that with James Comey. They did it with Struck and Page. They did it with with all these people, right? They they all broke the law. They they committed crimes. And they didn't do anything to those people. As a matter of fact, they got reinstated and their pensions reinstated. And so I think it's frustrating for a lot of the American people that that we discuss on this show that are that are so frustrated and you know they don't go out and vote and they don't go out and and raise hell and they don't stand up and they don't do what you and I are are doing which is at least trying to shine some light on these issues and say hey sitting back and being the silent majority and not doing anything is getting us nowhere it has for a long time and so we have to do something different um i i'm hoping that they don't pull that same crap uh, that we've seen from Democrats, Republicans, and our entire government, which is just theater uh, and and a lot of talk and a lot of you know games, and that somebody is somebody is actually prosecuted and somebody is actually sent to prison. I mean, it, even multiple people, because the average everyday normal common sense human being that lives in this country knows that there are a lot of criminals and a lot of corruption in our government on on all sides and until we start to see some justice take place other than justice that is imposed upon us uh, that some of it is unconstitutional we're, I'm going to be skeptical As, yeah. a, as a conservative, I'm going to be very skeptical. I mean, you know, Kevin McCarthy is, is in my opinion, I don't think that I've mentioned this before, and I'll say it just real quick. I don't think he's the right choice. I think he's uh, kind of phony, and um, I think we could do better. Uh, and, it, and, and he seems to me to be the type of guy that's going to do what I just described. I'll talk... All, you know, I'm going to be, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And and then nothing happens. Yeah, could be. And but well, you know, know only time will tell for sure. You know where they're going to hold the hearings for the uh, immigration uh, investigation? I I have absolutely, um, Mexico City. (laughs) No. No, it's basically going to start up in uh, Texas. Well, and it probably you, you... doesn't that would does that sound like it was something maybe that uh, most people would not have thought of that that the committee investigating the first month uh, on the border challenges are going to be meeting in border cities. Does that sound like maybe somebody as, forced as, something that someone didn't anticipate forcing? As it should be, yeah. 
Well, yeah, well, that, that's going to be part of what I think it's what's going to be part of this announcement. Um, so I, I think what we're going to see is that some things have, I don't know if I want to call them concessions, but there's been some uh, agreements that uh, McCarthy has agreed to that are more aggressive than most people would think. And that's one of them. Um, there's also something else. Um, so at any rate, I think you're going to see in the next day or two some things come out of his mouth that you might be surprised at hearing. And he just know that that is, uh, is a result of the rest of the party saying, yeah, maybe you've Maybe you've earned the opportunity to, for this job, and but we're going to hold your feet to the fire. And what you'll see is some feet being held to the fire. Do you think, though, that it's possible for him to, to be saying that? Because, you know, he's been challenged by a few individuals mm -hmm. for the speaker position. And do you think that it's it's possible that he's... He's saying and doing all these things so that he can get that position. And let's be honest, they're politicians, Ron. Yeah, but it's going to be announced before the vote for speaker. So you think that'll put the pressure on him to, to, to hold to his? Yeah, that's what the thinking is, that he won't be able to back out. That's why I'm saying keep an eye out. Yeah, I will. There's I mean, there's going to be some things that'll, that come out um, that you might not expect. And, um, you know, I feel very much about him the same way as you do. Um, it's just that every now and then I catch, you know, di different birds talk to me sometimes and right. I get information. So um, the reality is, is, Maybe we don't like him, but who else are we going to put in there? And I might say person X, and you might say person Y. And the reality is, is yeah, maybe we either one of us would be fine with either one of those guys. But the other, everyone else is not going to necessarily be okay with them. So it's, it's back to the William F. Buckley argument of the most conservative person you can get in that position. You know, that's what he always argued for, which is you don't always get what you want, but you've got to go for the best that you can. If you try to go for too much, then you end up shooting yourself in the foot. And, you know, like like the guy or not, McCarthy's paid his dues. Yeah. You know, and he's been able to do so without, as far as I know, without uh doing something that compromises him you know he hasn't done something that is some god-awful thing you know he's not some axe murderer as far as we know so you know the guy has earned his opportunity and i don't think anyone else is in the running who has proven they can do any better now there might be some folks who we think could do better. Right. But my, what I'm saying is that they have not proven, at least they haven't proven to me, 
that they can do any better. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's basically, I think the food fight has to stop. And it's like, yeah, um, give the guy a chance, but you also have to be very wary that he, he could end up shooting himself in the foot and there's still a big problem. I, the, our problems are so big in this country that um, I think we've got to go for people who are willing to go after solving problems and not creating more problems. So, yeah, I agree, and I, I, I don't, I don't know if you noticed, but <clears throat> once the elections were over, the political positioning and the infighting that begun just after uh, the elections. And, you know, obviously they were waiting for the House to be verified uh, in Republican control. But, I mean, it, from, from, you know, Senate Minority Leader to Speaker of the House to who's going to be the next president in 2024 or the nominee for the Republican Party to begin with. It was just... I'm like, gosh, dang, we just had the election. Mm -hmm. I, granted, Trump announced. And by the way, congratulations to Donald Trump uh, and some very, very prominent other citizens for being uh, allowed back on Twitter. Um, that's, a, that's another subject that I think we need to dive into um, regarding, you know our freedoms and uh, a grievance that our government is basically weaponizing big tech uh, more so on the left than anywhere close to the right. Uh, right, The right really doesn't give a shit, to be quite honest. Um, I, I don't know if it's that as much as they're incompetent as hell. Well, I mean, you know, what they're doing, I mean, there's been the some... Democrats, the Democrats have proven for decades that they're very good thieves. You know, <laughs> yeah, Joe, Biden, Joe Biden's ripped off all kinds of people's well, ideas and plagiarized people. I mean, you know. They've stolen things. He's too stupid to do anything on his own. Well, it's a it's a criminal element in the, in the country, and, and the Democrat Party is much better at being criminals than the Republicans. Mm -hmm. I mean, the one time they all get broke, you know, the, the Watergate things, what people think of, and it's like, yeah, what a bunch of incompetence they are. I mean, if you're going to hire criminals, don't hire the Republicans. <laughs> you know? You hire the Democrats, because mm -hmm. they're, they're at least competent criminals. Mm -hmm. And when one of them gets caught, they're better at not saying anything. The Republicans, no, sorry. I mean, I'm not not trying to say the Dems are really bad and the Republicans are angels, because they're not. Yeah. But but they're also not criminals. They're incompetent as hell. But they're not criminals. No, and I'll so, go down fighting uh, to my very last breath. And say that not only are they not criminals, they're not radical criminals. I mean, the, the left has just gone off the rails. 
you know, 20 years ago, I think you and I, I mean, we wouldn't even fathom having these kind of conversations 20 years ago. Well, believe it or not, I did. <laughs> well, I had, but, mentioned, I had mentioned that I saw this writing on the wall 20 years ago, and, or now yeah. 20, 22 years ago. Well, very few people saw it. I mean, started start with Reagan. Um, but not a lot of people thought things would get this bad. Right. And we really have reached a point where the nation could implode. Um, I mean, we've already, I don't think it's dramatic, overdramatic, to say that the country is not a free country any longer. Um, because it's not. Mm -mm. Not, so, not, not close at all. Yeah, it, it's not. So, um, the, the, there's lots of reasons for that, but I think reason number one, uh, the, where we have our biggest dichotomy in the country is, is that for a long, long time, Democrats got to control the government and by hook or by crook, they got the local elections to be able to do so. And a lot of this garbage we hear about Jim Crow and the South and prejudices, et cetera, it's Bull Connor, all of that stuff. Well, oh, the KKK, all of that's Democrat stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, they try to act like, you know, they use their straw men and act like they're talking about Republicans who were doing Jim Crow stuff. And it's like, uh, no, sorry, those are Southern Democrats. Well, those aren't us. Well, yeah, you're Northeastern Democrats, but you're still Democrats. But the implication is that they're Republicans. And it's like, nope, nope, KKK. Oh, sorry, but that was another Southern Democrat that started that. And by the way, Robert Byrd was a Southern Democrat. And he was one of their grand poopas. So, you know, and they and his statue is still in the, in the Senate uh, rotunda. How's that happen? So, you know, they try to act as though they're pure and the Republicans are bad, evil people. And yet all the bad, evil things they point out, it's all Democrat stuff. Yeah. So why aren't the Republicans better at fighting back? Well, it's, it's not because they agree with what the Democrats were doing. And... And it's not because they uh, disagree with the fact that that was bad stuff. I think the Republican Party just, and I'm just making a generic statement, the, there's a lot of guilt in the Republican Party that they didn't do a lot about it. You know, the, the Republican Party allowed uh, all of this bad stuff that was done by Democrats for so many decades against black people in this country, they allowed that to go on without fighting it. Yeah. And there, there's reason to be guilty, feel guilty about that. And yet not to the degree that they do. I mean, they were basically the witness that didn't come forward. Mm -hmm. And they should have come forward. And they should have been more vocal. 
But we all have to realize that most of the power centers where that went on was was controlled by Democrats. And the Republicans didn't have much of a way of going into New York and fighting local people in New York and Chicago and Kansas City and Atlanta and places like that. Those are all metro areas that Democrats held. And the Republican Party has always been more of a rural party. So they weren't really set up for fighting the Democrat establishment over, over the racial things and the, and the civil rights things. And they basically took it off their agenda because they realized they weren't any good at fighting for it. Um, not because they were opposed to it. It's just they didn't have an effective way to fight for it. Well, and that kind of goes back to my uh, my comments of even with this past election, they've always had a problem with messaging. Well, and that's that's basically where I'm headed with the next comment, which is the Democrats were better at looking at the inner cities and other things in the country and saying, how can we win this constituency over? You know, we've treated them like hell all this time, and yet they've never been voting Republican. They just haven't been voting at all. How can we get them to vote for us? And they did. They did go in, and they did get proactive, and they did develop relationships in those communities. And I guess good on them for doing it. It's just, you know, the the black community hasn't had much... um, uh, institutional knowledge that's been held. You know, they they haven't done a good job of remembering what was done to them and by whom. Well, um, I, well, and you it, know, one of the craziest things I've heard recently was, uh, and, and this is a messaging problem. That the, the last one of the last greatest Democrat presidents of the United States was Lyndon Baines Johnson, and. I, I heard a politician say that. I don't remember who it was. And I thought to myself, you have got to be out of your mind. Are, are you serious right now? Wow. I, I, and, 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 and I think, so you, you were describing, uh, I had mentioned the messaging issue. The, the Democrats are real good at pu- pushing their agenda and their message. I've mentioned the manipulation of the language and how they say things. Yeah. They've gotten to be experts at that. Well, yeah, because all all you have to do if you're going to stand up and say Lyndon Johnson was the last (laughs) Democrat president, I mean, all all you have to do is lie, right? Yeah. I mean, mean, how many Democrat presidents have been there since him? I mean, really? Really? That's not even true. It's not even close to being true. It's not. Well, you but know, they get away still- with it because because of uh, the the messaging that they have that they have used for their supporters and people who believe in their their uh, vision for this country. They have said it over and over and over so many times that they believe that kind of crap. Yeah. Listen, it, if a Republican came if a Republican came out tomorrow and said Richard Nixon was the last great Republican president we've we've had, 
I would be like, as a conservative, I'd be like, man, you need to get the hell out of here before I, yeah, you know, put a boot in your ass. Yeah, considering he was a liberal, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially since he was a liberal. But yeah, he wasn't the last. Yeah, that's just insane. So I mean, I'm just pointing out the insanity of this. Yeah, yeah. If you're willing to go out and lie, then you know that's just that's taking things to a different level. But it's like, you know, I think the Republicans. Uh, this this is just my view of it because you know I basically grew up in the '60s, so I have a different view of things than uh, than other folks might, but. Um, you know, that's my take is that the Democrats did everything that they, they accuse Republicans of doing and the, the various, uh, black leaders have given them a pass because they've been given power and money to go along. And the Republicans, the Republicans, like I say, they were the witnesses of the accident that didn't come forward. And shame on them for not doing so. But shame on them for not, uh, for still not coming forward. That's you that know? silent majority crap that I can't stand. Well, it, it could be, you know, it's, it's, I uh, just don't think it's a very smart way to be a politician. I mean, if you if you're running against people who are willing to lie, cheat, and steal, then why won't you at least tell the truth? Yeah. If the truth if the truth is going to help you, then why not tell the truth? Mm-hmm. Why sit and remain quiet? You know that's just stupid. So um, anyway, I, I got off off on a tangent, but I think that one of the things that uh, I think about with respect to this whole thing with the Russia gate stuff and Trump and now Biden and the various investigations that have gone on and will go on, et cetera, et cetera, is that it's important that we realize that a president got taken out of his own presidency before he was able, before he was able to take office. And it happened based on Obama and Biden and Clinton and the Justice Department and the various national security agencies, the alphabet soup of I would refer to. But between the election and the time he took office, Trump was undermined to the point where he could not be as an effective president uh, as, as if those things had not happened. Yeah. I think it's to his credit that he was as effective as he was because the guy got an awful lot done uh, in spite of uh, all of the headwinds. I don't think he had any concept that things were as corrupt in Washington as they are. Could you imagine, Ron, just for a second, if if the uh, Democrats wouldn't have claimed that the 2016 election was rigged and they just took the loss like we did with Barack Obama twice, just took the loss and moved on, and that man was allowed to govern – 
and and just do his thing for four years without any without any interference, without all this nonsense that he had to go through. Could you imagine the things that our country could have accomplished? Whether you like him or not, that's not the point here. But we went through we went through eight years of Barack Obama. And if anyone out there has claims that those were eight great years for America, please send me an email to tell me why they were great. What was great about them? What policies were put in place that made America great? Or your life great, for that matter. I, I would read them. I would be glad to hear them. I'm, I'm open to all opinions, and, and everybody's entitled to speak their mind, right? But could you imagine what it would have been like had the country not have to deal with that kind of nonsense for four years straight? We basically wasted four years. Now we're basically wasting another four years. So instead of our government governing the way they're supposed to and outlined by the Constitution, we have to sit here and take it up the butt every single day. I just went shopping for a turkey for uh, Thanksgiving before you called to do our show. We bought a turkey and some other things. Uh, four plastic bags. By the way, thanks for you know doing away with plastic to save the planet. Um, four plastic bags and, and some drinks, and it was over $200. We, we've, we've literally gone through almost 16 years of hell in this country. Well, and, and we've nobody, gone from a death, we've gone from a deficit of uh, what eight trillion to thirty-one. I mean, it's just insane to me. So here we go back to my basic question: Who benefit? Who benefits? Well, I mean, <laughs> uh, well, there's there, that's a multi. There's, there's it is, multiple. isn't it? Yeah, there's... So it's basically the answer is, yes, I can envision four years of someone being allowed to do the job instead of what Trump was faced with. And I can also imagine that I'm not the only one who could do that. And that other folks, uh, namely, we will just say the Davos crowd for lack of a time, Let's just say the Davos crowd could easily imagine what he would do and that they didn't want him to be an effective president. So then I would say that the next thing to do is follow the money. Yeah. And uh, where has $25 trillion gone in the last uh, couple of decades? Well, I can tell you one place it went. study of transgender prostitutes in Vietnam. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. Well, I think there's there's probably some information on Hunter's laptop about that. We need to know if he's ever if visited Vietnam, by the way. <laughs> if you want to know who's been meddling in our elections, I think that watching people's ballot sheets for uh, a missing... Uh, Twenty trillion dollars or so is probably a pretty good start as a way to start looking, doesn't it? Yeah. So, and let's uh, be honest here. So let's be fair, 
and let's say that uh, the Republicans are, are just as bad when it comes to spending as the Democrats. Our government as a whole just just takes our money and, and just frivolously. I mean, I, I can't imagine. You know, I, I've gone through life a few times where I've overdrawn my checking account. Uh, a few times based on just error and an accident. But I can't imagine just having a blank check to do whatever I wanted to do with at the expense of everyone listening to this show, potentially going to listen to this show, or, or just citizens in general. And, and thinking to myself, this is moral and ethical. I, I can do this. I'm not wired that way. I just, I just don't. Because yeah. here's here's what I think. I think that that these career politicians, whether it be at a local, state, or federal level, um, I think that you know they have all these perks. We've named a few. We've mentioned a few in several episodes. Um really don't have a connection with everyday citizens. And that they really don't care because they're going to die with a lot of stuff and a lot of money. So, so do they really care about the climate? Do they really care about gas prices? Do they really care about food costs? Do they really care about someone having a job and being able to pay their bills? Do they really care? Nope. And I think oh, a sorry, lot of people, I just jumped right to the answer. Yeah, no, and, and you're right. And I think a lot of people need to examine that a little bit closer and think to themselves, it doesn't matter what party you're affiliated with. When it comes down to the brass tacks of does our government care about us as citizens? Because for the last one hundred years before you and I were even born, but the length of time that I've been on this planet it's the same thing every day. The same topics, the same things that we faced a hundred years ago that we're facing today. And and what do you hear? Oh, we need to debate that. Well, how long do you need to debate immigration? Really? I mean, I get it. There's some complicated issues there, and it's not so cut and dry. But you've been debating it for as long as I've been alive. Yeah. Is, is yeah, that it, not enough time for you to come up with some sort of policy or law that that we can all kind of, you know, we may not get everything that we want. We may not agree on the whole entire thing, but at least it's something instead of back and forth and, and, and debates. And, you know, it, it's amazing to me and how people have grown grown to settle for that is even more shocking to me than. Than what our government does, and I want to. Well, yeah, they, they, uh, they haven't been accountable to the people for a long time. So let's. I want to finish up this point on Trump because the this lost four years of Trump. Because I, I wonder, you know, if that were a civil situation. And someone had done something to one of my companies and it affected me for four years, uh, kept me from doing business for four years and caused losses and 
uh, all kinds of expenses, uh, yada, yada, yada. And then I decided to file suit to, to be made whole again. Then, you know, I'd have to file a civil suit. And, uh, and let's say it was because of a car accident or it was because of a uh, robbery or theft or what have you. I'd have to make my case, but in the end, I, I could say, uh, get some sort of a settlement to say, okay, uh, in exchange for your four lost years of business, here is X number of dollars to make up for your loss. Mm-hmm. Or it could be that, uh, no, this land was taken away from you improperly, and, and here's, here's the money to make up for your loss. You know, the lawsuit costs, yada, yada, yada. The attorney's fees, yada, yada, yada. And here's the title to the property. And you now have possession of the property. Here's your title insurance, yada, yada, yada. Right? If there's a way to get made whole and to whatever degree possible, like we were talking about with this uh, blown to bits coin deal. Um, you know, those people may never be made whole, but they need to realize that those weren't dollars in accounts. Those were kept differently and they should be traceable that, that coinage should be traceable so in in this particular case we have someone who was elected to be president of the united states uh and he was not allowed to take office without him being undermined by the previous administration and the uh, opposing political party uh, some could argue his own political party to an extent, uh, as well as most of the entrenched bureaucracy in the country, the government bureaucracy. So how would you go about making that whole? Let's say that that's a, uh, a grievance. It, maybe it's Trump's grievance. You know, maybe it is uh, everyone who voted for him. Because, you know, we do have a, a, a representative democracy or, or a constitutional republic. So everyone who voted for him got cheated. Because they elected him to do something and he was not allowed to do it. So how are we made whole? How do, how do you make that situation whole? If you're to bring out a grievance to the to uh, forward into society and say, this will make me whole. Well, how would you go about that? Are you asking me? Yeah, how would you? We weren't planning on talking about this, but we got onto it, so I thought, here's a here's. No, that's a great question. It's a great question that I can't give an unbiased answer to. So my... My, so what's the biased answer? The biased I mean, answer is that if Trump, that Trump should buy, uh, if, how do I want to say this? Well, think about it for a second, because I just made this up. No, I have an answer for this because, because of, I've thought about okay. this before, prior to the to you asking. Um, I think that... Uh, uh, by default, Trump should get a, a four years extra. 
That, that's my answer. He was, he was impeded from doing his duties uh, by illegal activities. He was spied yeah. upon by uh, uh, a rival campaign and the Department of Justice. He was uh, falsely accused and impeached twice of two things that he never did. And then, and then everyone so, – so Trump has campaigned on – one of his campaign platforms is that every soldier who was uh, ejected from the military will be reinstated with all back pay due because they didn't get a vaccine. So I'll use that kind of example with Trump. Trump should be reinstated and get all four years back. And then if he's elected, get another four years. That That's just my opinion. Because... No, but I think that's a... I think that... Uh... Not everyone would agree with that. Oh, no, there's a like, shit ton of people. They were probably right well, now were screaming, yelling, that, and cussing me out. <laughs> I mean, it's just me. I, I, I well, understand. but if you, if you reverse the question, though, and you put the shoe on the other foot, and let's say he had done something to sabotage the Biden administration, and the same thing happened to Biden, and he could not uh, hold office and execute the oath of office uh, in the way that he was elected to, I think that if you went to them as a way of um, resolving a difference or a dispute is to say, okay, well, how about we give the guy his four years? Oh, they, they would be, they would be thrilled. If you went, if you went to that, that, hang on, hang on. Because it's fair though, right? Hang on. Let's use even a better example. Let's just say that for some reason, they find evidence that the 2016 election was rigged after President Trump did his four years. And they say, well, he he was president for four years when Hillary should have been president for four years. And you went to him and said, okay, you've proved that the election was rigged. Um, what do you want in return? We want Hillary instated as the president. That's okay. probably what they would say, right? That's probably what they would say. Is it he? Yeah. She should get her position that she rightfully earned and was elected to hold the position she was elected to hold. So therefore, she should by default become the president. Yeah, I'd say that that that's a good illustration too, because it basically demonstrates that. Well, yeah, one one side's going to scream and rant and rave, and the other's going to say. Well, on the other hand, though, if it happened to us, that would be a reasonable thing. So, you know, right, that is yeah. how they think. Yeah, for so sure. If you're on a jury and you're resolving the car accident claim and someone's been injured and couldn't work for three years, aren't you going to give them their three years of income? I mean, I, I can see uh, there's arguments for, for and against that given this particular case, but I think that that's where the argument starts is that that's a fair reimbursement for some loss of income for three years. If, if someone rear ends you and you can't work for, for that period of time, I, I would fully expect that if I'm a juror. Yeah. And most logical so, people would agree with that decision. 
Yeah. So we are the jurors in the in this country because mm -hmm. we elect people. So as a juror, I would expect that a claim uh, for him to have office for four years and get a do-over uh, would be uh, something that he would want a and the people who voted for him would want. Um, now, whether that's what they get or not is another issue, but I think that's a reasonable request or demand, if you will, just as a, if if Hillary could have proven that, then only she wasn't very specific. She was talking about all of these so-called things going on on the internet that was Russia disinformation and stuff, and she never came close to making a, a case. But let's say she did, then fine. You know, if you can demonstrate that somehow, then I get your your point as far as an illustration goes. But that's a reasonable thing. So, yeah, okay. So here we are. We're we're not we're halfway through uh, Biden. We've just finally had uh, CBS actually did a check to verify uh, Hunter's laptop, and and sure enough, it's verified as his. Why it took this long for someone else to go check it out? I really wonder about and why the FBI still hasn't checked it out. I don't understand, except I do understand. I do understand why the FBI hasn't done it. It's just, I don't think that the FBI has any statement about it that is defensible. They just, they just decided not to do their job. But so aren't we, aren't we, aren't we, as citizens allowed um, by FOIA or open records, aren't we allowed to see that evidence? Well, and, and I'm going I'm to yeah. mention this real quick. 59 years ago, John F. Kennedy was assassinated. We mm -hmm. still are not allowed to see um, certain things that occurred, um, even, even with the law. The law, Freedom of Information Act, and open records, we are, by law, allowed to see those records. And this kind of circles back, and I hate that. I can't believe I just said that. But, but brings us full circle back to where we started with the courts having, uh, you know, discretion and immunity and all this stuff. I can't sue a judge to to allow me to have those records released. I can, but that doesn't necessarily mean they have to agree to it because they're they're gonna they're gonna make their decision whether it's lawful or not, right? Um, but based on law, written law, I have access to those records. Yeah, and if I request them, they either they either um, grant me the rights to those records or they deny me but they shouldn't be denying me unless they want to redact certain things and i get it names addresses of, of people you don't want to dox anybody most of those people are probably already gone anyway um so uh the 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 fact that i i am denied as a citizen the right to know 
what my government is doing is the point. Yeah. Yeah, there's no way that stuff should still be quiet. So if I if I if I if I want to go to say the Department of Justice and request all the documents in the Russian collusion hoax, I should I should be able to get those with no problem. At this point, all of it should be declassified to begin with because it's a hoax. It was proven to be, you know, all made up. So, you know, with the exception of names, like I'd mentioned, um, I should be able to view those documents. And Congress is even having problems getting those documents from the DOJ when they have clearances to be able to view those documents. Yeah. And again, it's just another point of how citizens are just, they just kind of kick back and go, well, you know, that's how things go. Well, if you're willing to accept that, then you're also willing to accept the government mandating you to get vaccines and wear a mask and, and, and it doesn't bother you. Yeah. And if, you know, Trump has said that, you know, he thinks that all of these folks in the military who were uh, screwed over because of the uh, fake uh, vaccine, you know, that they lost their careers because they didn't want to take this experimental drug, um, that they should get their jobs back with back pay. I, I think that's... That's a legitimate thing for all of us to have. And to what you're talking about, I think we should all get the records from DOJ and the, the people in DOJ who have been holding all of that up, as well as any other FOIA request that's been held back illegally or unconstitutionally, then we ought to get all of that. And everyone who's responsible for keeping that away from us ought to be fired. That they should be in jail, that they should be personally liable to pay us something. So if we're going to wave a magic wand and make it all right or as right as possible, shouldn't we have a list of demands? Or uh, I think of demand in terms of a demand letter like in a lawsuit. But, you know, here's, here's how I was uh, aggrieved. And here's what I want in return, in exchange. But what is the so, answer to why they would not want us to see those things? I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. Well, I think that you, I think the point is that it's been too long and maybe we all just need to make a demand for it. You know, let's just say that that's part of our, one of our grievances we don't we don't know this and we want it and we want it now that's mm -hmm. uh, that's how one of the ways that we're made whole is that uh whatever pick a document pick whatever the grievance is but let's let's list all, all the damn things out you know we're we're having a divorce here between people who like things the way they are and the people who are saying uh sorry but that's not constitutional and those of us who are constitutionalists are going to take the country back 
and oh by the way this is what you owe us yeah you owe us this document and this money and this term or whatever mm -hmm. and uh that's what we want and, or, and we're gonna, or, or we're gonna burn down buildings and blow up cars and threaten people and take away their jobs or whatever you know we'll do the same thing though that the Democrats did. How's that? So, you know, what's, you know, we just need, I think we need to make a comprehensive list of, of whatever. Yeah. And one of those things can be, uh, we want all of the records un that are completely unredacted of the Kennedy uh, investigation. Unredacted. Yeah. There's no reason to have any of that held back. No, like I said, most of those folks are passed away and and long gone. Exactly. There's no so, reason. So there's no there's no protection needed. Who are no. you protecting? Who are you protecting other than yourself? The Department well, of Justice and the FBI. Yeah, well that, that's the answer. They're protecting themselves. Yeah, well that's the that's the problem. So we want to know we want to know the answers. Yeah. And and uh, you know, your self-preservation is is none of our damn concern. Yeah. I wanted to play something real quick, but uh, back on one of the subjects. You so basically, Trump gets his administration back, so he gets four years, and uh, everyone who lost their job during COVID uh, and didn't want to take the vaccine gets their job back in. I mean, these are some serious problems we've solved. Oh, absolutely. So. And it's not that difficult. Well, the, the, the well, funny thing about it is, is, you know, we're just a couple of guys, well, uh, you know, talking about things that have affected millions of people. And, and we're coming up with rational solutions that aren't that difficult. I mean. No, whether anyone agrees or not, it's like, hey, what we've just said is far more productive than I've than anything that's been on TV. So I don't think it's very far away from from what's fair. So, uh, you know, either side of the fence is going to argue right or wrong based on if it, how it would have affected them. But basically, you know, it takes some work to put a list of grievances together, and it also takes a lot of work to put together uh, a list of, you know, what things could be done to make people whole again. But, you know, that's nothing compared to what it takes to stand up and say, oh, no, I don't think you understand. This is a, this is the line in the sand. Right. That this is going to happen. You're not going to have any choice. That's where it takes some, some backbone. Yeah. And I don't know that the country has the backbone. We'll, we'll have to see. But uh, maybe, maybe we will, maybe not. I, I think this whole thing of, uh, of putting a special counsel on Trump, even after, <laughs> you know, it wasn't enough that he had to deal with it from the beginning of his administration. But now it's going on afterwards. Um, just for good measure. I just don't see how in anyone's rationale that makes any sense at all. That's just not how things are done in this country. I, I've uh, never it, seen, you know, and I can remember the Reagan years. And, and Reagan was hated. 
by the oh, left. Oh, yeah. Extremely yeah. hated by the left. Yeah. And and still is because, I mean, arguably uh, the best president in modern history. So when you when you compare and contrast Reagan and Trump, uh, at that time, we didn't have the internet and social media, big tech, and all that other stuff. So technically, the only the only source of hate was coming from mass media at the time. And at that time, there was what five or six, you know, ABC, NBC, CBS, uh, and and that's kind of, in my opinion, that's kind of when journalism shifted uh to what it's morphed into today which is nothing but propaganda um but oh you're right i mean the worst of it was with cbs and that is when dan blather was uh (laughs) yeah was you know is about the same time that he took over for cronkite um, but yeah, CBS was one of the worst of them at that time, and uh, there wasn't much competition. And then that is about when they went full bore on. Uh, they basically became CNN when CNN was uh, starting out as a reputable news source. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really were in those days. I yeah. mean, they're they're not even related to that CNN now, but. Uh, but that's basically about the same era where Roger Ailes began to think about using the uh, Rush Limbaugh show, you know, his his popularity in radio, and eventually developed the Fox News Network based on his model mm-hmm. um, for television. Yeah, and you know, the, a lot of things did uh, change. Uh, and journalism doesn't really exist any longer other than a few pockets of it here and there that we talk about. But uh, we're basically better off, I think, taking an hour out of our day to, to study whatever it is we want to from whatever sources. And the heck with trying to watch it on TV or read the newspaper or whatever, because that stuff is all, it's all biased and it's all controlled by one of the same uh, five or six companies, right. corporations. Yeah. Well, so, you know. Well, and they so control dangerous. radio as well. Well, exactly. So, um, you know, I think how how do we do a clawback to make things whole? Because it it wasn't just Trump that was affected by the loss of his presidency. Everyone who voted for him was harmed constitutionally harmed Mm -hmm. because the person we voted for was disabled before he went into office this administration was disabled well and i think that's that's a legitimate that's as legitimate of a grievance as as you could ever hope to yeah and, and and that's why i said what i did which which was my answer was by default, he he gets a do-over, like you said. Yeah, and yeah. I I don't disagree. I mean, I, I got I got robbed. You want to talk about voter suppression or oppression? I got robbed of four years of of the president that I voted for, 
because of all the bull crap they put him through and not allowing yeah. him to govern. And so, well, not not just that they actively used the resources of the government, meaning our tax dollars. They used the resource our resources to fight him. Yeah. Against our will. Now, what's that tell you about the tyranny of of the bureaucracy? I mean, that that actually just made me madder than the whole political fight. That the that the entrenched bureaucracy thought so highly of themselves that they were entitled to take our assets and use our assets against us. That that's how that's how elitist they are. Well, the, I mean, if that so, doesn't make someone's blood boil, I don't know what would. Well, so you know, you mentioned the thirty-one trillion dollar deficit, and these investigations and and all the resources that you're talking about used just on the Russian collusion. Uh, it's estimated it was thirteen million dollars. Uh, for the Mueller report. Just the Mueller report. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that includes $7.3 million on salaries and benefits, $1.3 million on travel, transportation. I mean, you can go down the list and, and, and uh, the amount of money spent uh, just for the Mueller report. Yeah. And the money the DOJ spent, and I mean, this article here was 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 uh, from 2019, and we know that it's gone on into other investigations and other other money being spent, but as of 2019. The G DOJ had spent $25 million on just the Mueller report. Yeah. That doesn't include the, you know, the quid pro quo with, with Zelensky and, and the Ukraine. Yeah. All this other nonsense. And nothing illegal happened. <laughs> the only illegal the, thing that happened was our yeah. tax dollars were spent for frivolous reasons. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there was no probable cause for anything. So In fact, if we're well, talking about there was was illegal was was not even true. Yeah, so if we're talking about uh grievances and, and just compensation, you know, and and I've mentioned some some goofy things before. Um this isn't goofy. This is this is a lot of money, taxpayer money go, going towards you know, and I get it. Like you said, half the country, you know, wanted these investigations and, and wanted, you know, were wishing and hoping that Trump would be found, found guilty of something and go to jail. But a whole shit ton of money that was spent from all taxpayers, you know, the money doesn't have a D or R on it. You know, the money that they spend is not politically affiliated to, with anybody. Right. It's it's our money. 
Democrats, Republicans, Independents, Libertarians, you know, Tea Party, whatever you want to deem yourself, it's your money that was spent yeah. for absolutely okay. nothing. And we should get it back. And we should get, yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's another, that's a worthy project to work on as far as uh, adding to the grievances and, and some ways to perhaps redress the grievances. I think that is probably as legitimate a topic as there is out there. Because now that we know it's it's not just a suspicion that it's it was all bad. It was all bad. The whole thing was rotted to the core, and they all knew it ahead of time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that's a really good topic uh, to have a, a clawback discussion on. Um, and you know what's crazy? So there there were some uh, convictions convictions uh, during the Russian collusion investigation. And one of them was uh, Paul Manafort. He was he was uh, sentenced for obstruction of justice. And as part of his plea deal, uh, he agreed to forfeit assets valued at forty two million dollars, uh, twenty two million in real estate. Uh, and I'm I'm gonna guess the rest in in probably money. Why does the government get that? Yeah, exactly. The government's investigating and uh, you know in and in looking into these things in the interest of the public, right? And they're spending our tax dollars to do it. So instead of the government getting to keep that money that that we gave them to do the investigations, they keep it. That should go yeah. back to the that that should go back to the taxpayers. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I, essentially, that's a double tax. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, I uh, presumably it goes into the general fund, but a lot of times it doesn't. Which, go they, into an which they use the general yeah, it'll, fund it'll, to do the, but it'll go know. it'll go into an agency though. Right. So let's say the EPA does something and they get a ten million dollar settlement. Well, the money will go into the EPA. Right. And it's like, well, wait a second here. It was the landholder owners downstream that were all affected why aren't they getting them mm -hmm. you know the same as if you find an airline because uh you know the uh, airplane was not designed properly so you find the airline uh, 10 million dollars fine okay uh why didn't that money go all to the surviving passengers uh or the the uh family of the passengers that yeah. are surviving you know, why does that go to the government? Um, yeah, it's it's like there's something seriously wrong there. So uh, I think a lot of that is, is up for review. I mean, here, you know, we're out of time. So um, I just thought, you know, it's time to interject a little. You know, wait a second, though. We have Thanksgiving Thursday. So are we going to try to do a show Thursday? Uh probably not um okay. then i'll call tuesday yeah and then then so here's the challenge 
because we need to have people participating. I mean, both of our listeners are listening as hard as they can. (laughs) You know, we have to have some sort of a competition, I think, to make sure we raise the bar of uh, of, uh, class. And so here we have, uh, I mean, it's better to have low class than no class at all. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I think that uh, it's better to have friends in low places than no friends. Well, I think, you know, I, I learned someone left town today and that maybe it would be a, a, the good, uh, a good idea to have some sort of writing competition like poetry to have some, you know, class around here. So there, you know, oh, what's his name? Bite me. He got on his airplane and he left for i guess he's gone until next week i mean thanksgiving isn't even until thursday but he's already on vacation i mean he had a wedding at the the white house over the weekend i mean i don't know when the guy finds time to work if he even works at all but you know he got on a plane with uh, dr jill from down the hill and guess where they're going to for the next few days? They're going to Nantucket. Mm-hmm. So I think we should have some sort of a theme of writing poetry around uh, a fool once went to Nantucket and let them start off their own little rhyme or limerick. Yeah, that's we a good idea. That. Yeah, yeah. There once was a man named from Nantucket. Yeah. And just be what we get. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to mention one more thing before we hang up. Um, just got a notification that the Treasury d- Department is blocking the release of Biden family's 150 plus suspicious activity reports. <laughs> the, the reason I want to mention that is because A, they're uh, obstructing justice. B. Uh, Freedom of Information Act. Just those two things. But the Treasury Department, who has absolutely no power to do such a thing, when when requested or subpoenaed to turn over that information, is is blocking the hundred and fifty uh, suspicious activity reports. And those reports, by the way, are from banks. Right. Uh, that, that said, Hey, you know, like if you, so they tried to make it like if you did a $200 transaction that the bank had to report you to the IRS. No. Um, starts at 10 million. I know, but they, they were trying to make it like 10,000. Yeah. But they were trying to lower it to like 200 or $400, whatever. Oh, that's what the Biden administration was. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So. So they can they can invade our privacy and pass those kind of laws for you and I. But this fool is exempt after banks officially reported suspicious activity regarding the president and his son, and we don't and we don't have any access, and we're going to block that. Come on now. People, people Yellen. have got to freaking get with the program. Yeah, Janet Yellen is covering his ass. 
It's, it's because, he, because they don't have the right to withhold that information. So that basically they're after the SARS reports that uh, were part of the uh, investigation into Hunter Biden. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's only two of them. I think there were 151 total. And only two of them are in the hands of Congress. And uh, they were leaked by the FBI investigators. Um, but there are still 149 that uh, were in the hands of Treasury. And Treasury does not have the, the right to uh, hold those. Uh, it's just that Biden changed the rules after he took office about how SARS report uh, requests are handled. And basically, it all has to do with some stuff that happened during the Obama administration. Um, but at any rate, yeah, that's something that uh, is a, quite a gripe that's a legitimate grievance, too. So, yeah, that's something that should not be going on. Maybe we'll talk about that next time. Some Maybe some, yeah. some things will happen between now and then. Yeah. I'm After we hear about Nantucket. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's a great idea. I want to play this uh, two-minute video here uh, that goes along with your um, your comment about uh, uh, the real race. Videos back for purposes, Mr. Owen Seek recognition. I'd strike the last word. <clears throat> Gentlemen's recognized. Let me start off by something I think we all know is obvious. Lynching is evil. What happened throughout the 1900s, were evil. Um, this legislation, when it passed in the last Congress, had bipartisan support. The concerns we had as a party is it was not strong enough. It was instead of 10-year minimum, we wanted life for people who did this kind of stuff. Well, my concern is this. We have something with a, with a great name, a great mission, and the Democratic, my Democratic friends use it to brand America as racist versus what the Democratic Party has done. So let me give you a little history because you're right, anti-lynching bills have been placed for a long time, stopped every single time by the Democratic Party. It was the Democratic Party that fought for slavery. It was the Democratic Party that fought against anti-lynching bill in 1918, put together by a Missouri Republican. It was the Democratic Party that put, put together Jim Crow laws. KKK was Jim Crow. By the way, Wall Street, Black Wall Street, destroyed by Democrats. The filibuster, you're right, it's been used to stop civil rights. Democrats have used it to do that. We have something that should be bipartisan right now, a bill that makes sense against anti-lynching. My concern is this. We have a lot of young black boys today that are lost. that have been raised in families that are dysfunctional, a lot because of democratic policies. And they can put, they decide to make a mistake, beat somebody up because they hate white people, which they're being taught to do. They can come under this, this, this lynching. They have not killed anybody, but they conspire and they've hurt them. They could be put away for life. Why are we changing the definition of lynching when it's so obvious what it is? Is it because we're not getting enough across our country to bring attention to the divisiveness that we're trying to get from the, uh, my, my friends across the aisle? We've been fighting against 
this evil for a long time, and we've come a long, long way, my friends. All we have to do is look around this room. We see how far we've come. So let's go ahead and deal with the Emmett Till bill, the way it was designed, that everybody bipartisan, in a bipartisan way agreed to, and let's stop tr trying to change the language of lynching so it fits any narrative anybody wants to, to put out there, and all of a sudden we're dividing off people even more and more uh, in more ways. Uh, Would the gentleman yield? Yes. Please. That's uh, Burgess Owens from Utah. Yeah. That's just yeah. a small example of what the Democrats have done for years. Yeah. And, you know, he's not allowed to be part of the uh, Congressional Black Caucasians. Well, we'll gladly accept him into the Bayesian uh, That's right. group. He can be part of the Bayesian minority with yeah. us. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a smart, smart guy. He, very, he, it, he really, really is. And that's, that is a sad commentary that, you know, you're only allowed to be counted as black politically if you go along with their Marxist views of what being black is all about. If you disagree with them like he does and a lot of other folks, then, uh, then you get called uh, Uncle Tom or whatever. It's like, no, sorry, uh, Burgess Owens is a much better person, much better human being than anyone who criticizes him. I've never witnessed anyone criticize him who I would class as a good person at all. So yeah. I'll stick behind Burgess Owens. Um, well, he's got my support. Yeah, for sure. Yep. All well, right. Have a great Thanksgiving. Yeah, you too. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Yep. And uh, I guess I will talk to you in a few days. Yeah, I've okay. got to go to Nantucket to see what's going on. <laughs> All right. Enjoy. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Once again, that was uh, an inquiry into freedom with Ron Harlow and yours truly, Alan Paul. We will see you next time.